Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Well, good morning, everybody. So on Friday morning, I had uh, an acupuncture treatment, and this being a preaching weekend, I asked my doctor if there's an acupuncture point for inspiration. So she thought for a moment, took a needle, stuck it right in the top of my head. <laughs> True story. And she said, no, this could let the Holy Spirit in, but I need to warn you, it could also just make a muddled mess of things. So I had to think about that for a second, and then it kind of occurred to me, well, what the heck? Either I'll sound brilliant, or I'll just sound like Father Dave. <laughs> oh, stop it. I owed him. You know that. <laughs> you can tell me which it was in a few minutes here, okay? So. <laughs> My friends, did you know, um, did you know that the probability of you in particular being born is something like one in 700 trillion. So when you consider all of the genetic factors, the geographic, historical, evolutionary factors, biological, all of that, the odds of you being born, against you being born, is one in 700 trillion. I learned that from a TED Talk this week. Thank God for TED Talks, right? That's hugely long odds. That's like somebody said, dropping a life preserver somewhere into one of the Earth's oceans and then having one single turtle swimming somewhere in all of those waters come up to the surface for air and just so happen to find his head sticking through the hole in the middle, right? That's how like unlikely it is that you be born. So I don't know if that analogy works, but the bottom line is this, you guys. The fact that you're here is pretty much a miracle. It's pretty much a miracle. So it's a miracle, but as you all know, our faith would say, not just a miracle, but also not an accident, not random. Jeremiah tells us, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And Psalm 139 says, in your book were written all of my days when none of them yet existed. St. Alphonsus Liguori said this, he said, brothers and sisters, God has loved you from eternity and through pure love has selected you from among so many others whom he could have created in place of you. But he's left them in their nothingness and has brought you into existence and placed you in the world. Well, I think, you guys, that for us is a huge source of confidence, that God chose you, he chose me out of all those he could have chosen, and he placed us right here, in the very concrete, very particular circumstances of our lives. That's something I think we can hold on to, even cling to, and especially when we're met with adversity or antagonism or anything else that provokes anxiety for us. God knows about it already. He could have made others in our place, but you know what? He didn't. He made you. For this time and place, he made you, and that means you can trust who you are. And you can also trust the situations that come across in your life because God was preparing for them for all eternity and was committed to being with you in them from all eternity. 
I think that makes a difference in how we relate not just to ourselves and not even just to God, but to others as well. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians that we just heard, St. Paul tells us that in Jesus we have been reconciled. So our differences, our dislikes, our fears and suspicions about one another, those all become kind of relative, not so important, not the existential threats we so often think they are, because Jesus has revealed the deeper, stronger, more vibrant power holding us in existence, namely the very particular, protective, and affectionate love of the Father. And in revealing this, most especially by his cross, Jesus has become our peace, Paul says, the one who makes both of us one and breaks down the dividing walls of hatred, animosity, ill will. So when we're confronted with those differences, as we will be, differences of opinion or experience, differences in conviction, even passionately held convictions, when we meet somebody who disagrees and sees politics or the economy or morality or even the church very differently than we do, it's okay. We don't need to feel threatened. We don't need to respond with hostility. We don't need to destroy that other person. And I don't think we even need to try, first and foremost, to win, to prove that we're right. If the only one we had to rely on was ourselves, maybe those reactions would be justified. But as you know, we have something greater to hold on to, a different, sure foundation on which to stand. So what would a better response be? Well, let me offer you something that comes from a longtime Catholic apologist. This is a guy who defends the faith for a living. So he's faced just about every kind of skeptical, aggressive, antagonistic question that there is. And this is what he's learned. He says that rather than feel threatened when met with a hostile question and then reacting with hostility himself, he's learned to step back and make room for the Holy Spirit. And how does he do that? Well, he says by listening as closely as he can to his opponent and then looking for something, anything, that he can affirm in their argument. Some common ground, no matter how small. So, maybe I disagree with you about what marriage is, but I can affirm your conviction that no one suffer discrimination. Or, maybe I disagree with your immigration policy, but I can affirm your commitment to persons seeking a better life for themselves, for their families. Maybe I think you're completely nuts in your choice of pets. <laughs> but I can affirm your right to be wrong. <laughs> you see how that works? <laughs> you're crossing the line, Brandon. <laughs> in any case, affirm what you can, you guys. Affirm what you can. Doesn't mean we're not forthright, right? We are. Be forthright. Admit where you disagree, but also affirm what you can. And he says, interestingly, it's amazing how often just that little gesture will diffuse the tension and create the space for the beginning of a real conversation. Not always, but surprisingly often. And he says, too, often he'll end up learning something himself and nuancing his own position. Even more gratifyingly, he'll say, typically, frequently anyway, somebody will say to him, you know, I think I understand a bit better now where you're coming from. And while I still might not agree, at least I can respect what you're saying. 
So my friends, I think this is a gift that we as Christians in particular can offer the world right now to argue in good faith, with conviction, with gentleness, without raising our voices, right? With respect. Lord knows our world really, really needs that. We're so divided and at one another's throats, not just in the world, but in our country, in our church, maybe even in our families. So my challenge to you this week, my homework for you, is to try that. Remember that you are one in 700 trillion, chosen very particularly by God for this time, for this place. And so when you run into one of those differences that seem so threatening and insurmountable, remember, God knew about this. God's with you in it. So create some space for him. Listen and affirm what you can. Thank you for joining us. You can learn more on our parish website at h-t.org. We hope that you will subscribe to our YouTube channel or try and join us for Mass if you're local. Again, all the information will be on h-t.org.